As I said, uh, really excited about the word today. And uh, worship is designed to get our hearts ready to receive his word. So I want you to hold up your Bible and let's make a confession to set the tone for our week. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession that I will meditate therein both day and night. Chapter in the morning, chapter in the evening. And because I do, my life is blessed. No more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch turns to success. Hallelujah. Father, uh, our hearts are open to you. There's a lot that has happened this year. We're just in the last few weeks of 2021. Uh, 2020 was like none other. And we had high hopes for 2021, uh, for things to, to be much better. And for many, it hadn't gotten better at all. And so, on the threshold of another year, we're leaning in to hear your voice. We're coming to you because we need you. We're bowing before you with hearts open and receptive. We need to hear you in these days that we live. So speak by the Spirit of God. Speak prophetically over us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 You all may be seated. Thank you all for uh, whoever's visiting in person today and uh, everybody that's visiting online. Uh, At the end of the service, I would love to meet you at our Welcome Center. And if you're online, uh, we, we invite you to come out to the physical facility here, and I would love to greet you and extend to you a very warm welcome in Jesus' name. Open with me in your Bible, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. I want to read verse 9 through 13. We do have it available on the screen, so if you don't have your Bible, you can see it. We encourage you also to take notes. There's something significant about this passage that God wants you to receive, so give an ear to hear. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Then, I want to look again 
at Matthew 6, verse 33. We're still in chapter 6. We just read 9 through 13. Verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I've been praying about what to minister between now and the celebration of Jesus' birthday. There's been a strong unction in my heart to teach on or to preach about the kingdom of God. In 12 years of pastor and faith family since we began, I don't know if I've ever done a series on the kingdom of God as a subject. But the title of this new, this message that I have for you today is called The Kingdom of God. And the question that I, I'm led to ask you today is where does God dominate? Where does God dominate? This is a very relevant prayer in light of recent events. I don't know what your life has been like in its entirety. Uh, thank God that we're able to share life together to some degree. But it's been an interesting year. I just happened to look down at Siobhan. She was in a what could have been a fatal car wreck with a semi-tractor trailer. The back of her car was crunched up like an accordion. Life flighted to a hospital in, I think it was Memphis. Yeah, got a chance to go out there and pray with her. And I'm just thankful to God that she's alive and sitting on the front row. Several have lost loved ones during this year. Uh, employment. Um, it's been very interesting. My heart was touched with the tragedy in Oakland County. I've got two little boys, and I can't imagine sending my children to school and getting a report or a call, and essentially they're not coming home. They, they you know. This is a very relevant prayer that Jesus taught his disciples even before his death, burial, and resurrection. Our Father who are in heaven, where is God in the midst of all of this? He sits on his throne in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He taught his disciples to pray and to ask, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Immediately, you must understand, not everything that happens on the planet is the will of God. Let's why would he say pray for God's will to be done on earth like it is being done in heaven? 
So we're living in a very strange and interesting period of time. I believe with all my heart, we're living in the last days. I believe we're living literally at the end of the world. I've literally watched our congregation as well as the body of Christ at large over these past almost two years. And it is interesting. Nothing like I've seen in all my lifetime. Not that I'm all that old anyway. I'm just a baby. (laughs) Uh, But it's been very, very interesting. We're living at the end of times. I mean, in the same week, I think on the same day, the morning of the tragedy, we find out that Marcus Lamb, the founder and president, CEO of Daystar Christian Television Network, died in the hospital, complications with the coronavirus and underlying uh, symptoms. What in the world is going on? Anybody else there? I believe we're living in the last days at the end of the world. There are things that are happening and have been happening that just shouldn't be. We've seen things in the news. We should ask ourselves, are these the signs of the second coming of the Lord Jesus? Pestilences and earthquakes and weather events and all kinds of perilous times that prophetically have been declared to come. We should be asking ourselves, are these the signs of the second coming? We're about to celebrate the first coming, but are we near the second coming of the Lord? At the same time in the church, it just feels like the body of Christ is asleep. That I don't know if there was just some complacency that has set in, that we got out of a rhythm where for thousands upon tens of thousands, I've got friends that are pastoring churches, and I hear things, not just what's going on in faith family, but the government says don't go to church so people don't go to church. And then everything is supposed to be, all right, well, you can go to church, but then they didn't come back to church. What in the church is going on? I believe it feels like the church is asleep when at any moment, just like he came the first time, Jesus could be appearing and rapturing the church. So I'm led by the Holy Spirit this morning to minister about the kingdom of God. I want to ask you to pay very close attention to what will be said here. Because of the times that we're living in, things appear to be getting out of control in the world around us. And it seems like it's going to continue from what I perceive in my heart. That this is the not the last that we'll hear of certain occasions. A question could be asked, where is God in the midst of all of this? A kid shoots up the school. Two well-known preachers die of this sickness and disease. What's going on? Some of the body would have us to believe that God is in control. From pulpits, we 
have heard it declared that God is in control. Really? If God is in control of everything going on in the earth, then he's really got it in a mess. See how quiet it got? Because some, let me say, let me repeat my notes. Some have led us to believe that God is in control. If God is in, God wasn't in control in Oakland County last week. Come on. God has, God has been in control in certain astral world. Some parent got the notification that their kid is not coming home no more. So if I, if, if I listen to that and I swallow it, I mean, is there a scripture that says that God is in control? If I swallow that as if it is the scripture, then it's going to have me confused and bamboozled. Y'all leave me alone now. <laughs> have me all messed up. God's not in, in control of what happened at the astral world just a, just a couple of weeks ago. We done forgot about this. Now we're dealing with that. God's not in control of that. And I'm going to deal with that. And so I'm going to have to go slow today and fast at the same time. I need you to listen carefully. Because if God is in control down here, then for sure he has everything in a mess. John Wesley, the founder of the Wesleyan movement, particularly the Methodist Church, the denomination, United all of that. It comes from John Wesley, uh, 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 certainly a gift of God to the body of Christ in his generation. Brother Hagin quoted him in making the statement in an article during a time of war and a time of great tribulation in the world. John Wesley said, it seems as though God is limited by our prayer life. It is as though he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. In that same periodical, he went on to deal with the idea that if God is in control, he sure has got things in a mess. But listen to this statement. It seems as though God is limited by our prayer life. Jesus taught his disciples to pray to the Father who sits in heaven Let your kingdom come here and let your will be done here like it is there because what's going on down here is not like it's supposed to be like there. Come on, somebody. So he encourages the church to do what? Pray. Somebody say pray. Pray. Now, we're going to examine, because this is not scripture, this is John Wesley. We're going to examine the truth of this statement in light of the scripture. It seems as though God is limited by our prayer life. It's as though he can do nothing for humanity unless somebody asks him. That makes prayer and those who are supposed to pray vitally important. Because God can't do it in the earth unless he's invited through prayer to do it. Are you starting to see this? Write this down in your notes. God has limited control in the earth. 
God has limited control in the earth. I want to teach that to you in light of the scripture. He has limited control in the earth. I don't want you to just swallow it because I said it. That is not a verse of scripture. That's Pastor Stan's note. But if it is true, we'll see it evidenced in several different scriptures. Let the church say amen. Now, God has limited control in the earth. If you want to understand why certain things are happening and have happened and will continue to happen, it is because God has limited control. I mean, there's only so much he can do in the earth. All right, now watch this. My assignment today is to ask and begin to answer the question, where does God dominate? Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. All right, you all ready for this? Let's go to work. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is at hand. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's reachable. It's... It's present. What do you mean it's at hand? He came preaching the gospel, not just the gospel in general. For those of you all on Wednesday night, we get excited about that because we have a deeper understanding. But check this out, Wednesday night live crew. It is the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's what we're going to be talking about. And then he said it specifically, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus preached the kingdom a lot. I haven't preached an entire series on the kingdom. But what I've learned over the past few weeks is that Jesus preached about the kingdom A lot. The gospel is actually called the gospel of the kingdom. He preached about the kingdom everywhere he went. He taught his disciples in Matthew 6 to pray that that kingdom comes here. Oh, come on, come on. Listen to this. There are 69 places where this phrase is used in the New Testament. Kingdom of God. And if you add kingdom of heaven, it'll take it right up to a hundred different passages of scripture where this is used. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. He talked about it from the beginning of his ministry up until the time, the day that he was caught away into heaven. He preached about the kingdom of God a lot. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 43, this was the beginning. Luke chapter 4 is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Mark chapter 1 is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He came out of Galilee after the baptism of John and he was preaching concerning. Come on, y'all help me say the kingdom of God. I mean, as soon as he came out of that wilderness, the Holy Spirit anointed him to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And he was preaching it. The kingdom of God is here. It's time for the king and the kingdom to take its place. The king is here. The kingdom of God is here. Pray for that kingdom to come. So in Luke 4.43, to summarize the chapter, he said to them, I must preach 
the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. Woo! I'm excited about this. Y'all got to bear with me today, man. What purpose was the Son of God benefit? We might all know 1 John 3 and 8. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. We are about to, uh, that he might destroy the works of the devil. We are about to celebrate the first coming of the Lord Jesus. His showing up. Why was he born in a manger? Why did he come to a virgin? Why was he wrapped in swallowing clothing? Yeah, for this purpose purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the work of the devil. But that was John's words. But Jesus, his own words is in Luke 40 through chapter 4, verse 43. He says, I am must preach the kingdom of God because come on, somebody, somebody say for this purpose, I've been sent. So we're going we're gonna to take some time. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I know we've got to do our Christmas services, so forth. But we've got, we got to start talking about the kingdom of God. Because there's stuff happening here that shouldn't be happening. And we know that God is able to stop certain things from happening. Kids shouldn't be hurt. We shouldn't be concerned about coming to church and contracting a disease. I mean, they're, 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 I mean th- certain things. I mean, young people are dying. So he preached the kingdom of God. Let me ask this question. What is the kingdom of God? Now, for just as many people we have in here, there might be that many definitions to the question, what is the kingdom of God? Answers to the question, what is the kingdom of God? Another way to ask the question, just to help you dial in, I don't know, you know, if I were to ask you, Sister Jean, you know, what is the kingdom of God? Maybe, you know, you idealistically you might pull something out of the sky that sounds religious. I don't know, right? But how many of y'all know we should know what it looks like and what it is? Uh, another way to ask the question, what is the kingdom of God, is how would you define it? If you could put it in your own words, it's a time. How would you define the kingdom of God? I heard very clearly. In my heart, and I believe it's the, the main focus of today's message, a statement that I want to hopefully brand on your spirit. The kingdom of God is the area where God dominates. I, I mean, there's a number of ways. I just heard a, a pastor minister and say some things about the kingdom. My ears have been tuned to it. And he, I mean, he named five or six different things. But what came up in my heart, I think I was riding my bike, uh, road bike. And uh, I just heard it and I knew it was for this Sunday. And I really need you to receive this. When you ask the question, what is the kingdom of God or how would you define it? The most simplest term that I could put it, it's the area where God dominates. It's, it's not just heaven. The kingdom of heaven, obviously, is the area where God, where God dominates. Heaven. Yeah, heaven. But 
the majority of the use by Jesus and others is kingdom of God, not kingdom of heaven. And actually, they're one and the same. But if we were to define them, we would be able to accurately define. Actually, kingdom is, from what I understand, is a compound word. There's a word inside of that word, king, right? And then there's this other word, dumb, which we know comes from dominion, or at least is a root of the word dominion. Uh, I've heard uh, different preachers uh, define king and dom. It's referring to a king and the area where that king has dominion. You know, the kingdom of Scotland is real. The kingdom of England is real. Even though there's a queen there, ultimately it looks like someday there's going to be a king of England. But, uh, but for now, there's a queen there, but it's the kingdom of England. Now, they don't dominate all over the world, right? There are certain areas, and even, um, uh, I think it's Bahamas uh, is, is under one of the, it's like a British colony or something like that. that. That's an area under dominion in that system. But what I submit to you for use as we will have it in our teaching, the kingdom of God is the area where God dominates. So I'm supposed to ask you today by the Holy Spirit the question, where then does God dominate? <laughs> did, God, did God dominate in that school last week? Or at that parade a couple weeks ago when people were mowed down? At a parade? Did God dominate in that area? Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I would submit to you that Satan dominated in that area that day. What about in the hospitals? What about in the clubs? Oh, man. We just, I mean, we just want to have a good time. It's my 30th birthday. It's, come on, it's my 40th birthday. I, you know, just want to turn, uh, turn, how does it, turn up? Y'all got to help me. I didn't come up like that. Come on now. I'm not going to put myself out there by myself now. What is a Christian doing turning up? Oh, it's not that serious, Pastor. We're just having fun. But let me ask you, where you're having fun, is God dom- I don't think God's dominating in the club. Where does God dominate? How about Hollywood box office? No, this other movie, Dominate, didn't have nothing to do with God. Christian movie comes out, barely makes a note of it. Matter of fact, we only have it in one theater in the whole city. It's not dominating. It's being dominated by the others. Where does God dominate? On Wall Street? What about Washington, D.C.? Is God dominating in the White House? What about the Supreme Court? They've got abortion up for question. Is God dominating on the Supreme Court? What about on the Internet? In sports franchises. How about this? Where does God dominate? Churches? 
Well, the government said don't go to church. God said go to church. If you look at it, it doesn't seem like God is dominating in certain places on the planet. So let me make another statement. God is not in as much control as you may have been thinking. I mean, some of my favorite preachers. God is in control is one of their favorite statements. But again, I mean, we've got to qualify that. Like, are you saying he's in control everywhere? Because we know he's not. So I know you're not misleading me. What do you mean? God is not in as much control as you may have been thinking. Look at Matthew 6 and 9 again. In this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Let me ask you a question. Does God dominate in heaven? Thank you. You got one person said yes. Let me ask you again for you. Come on. Is God dominating in heaven? Is there anything happening in heaven that God doesn't want to happen? Well, old Lucifer came up here last week, stole another two or three angels. Come on, somebody. No, no. How many of y'all know that's not the case? Satan is not welcome there. There's no crying there. There's no dying there. There's no tears there. There's no evil there. Everything done in heaven is dominated by the Almighty God. Where does God dominate? Well, without question, we know God's in control of what's going on in heaven. He's controlling who's getting to heaven and who's not getting into heaven. He's controlling what's happening in heaven, what he wants to be done in heaven. God is in control in heaven. John Wesley said, it seems as though God is limited by our prayer life. I made the statement, God has a limited control. It seems as though God God has limited control in the earth. Let me give you some scripture. Is it okay if I take my time today? Psalm 78, stanza 41, says, yes, again and again, they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. See, some people have a misconception of the sovereignty of God. There's no question about the sovereignty of God, but you have to understand it accurately. The Bible says The same Bible that says with God, all things are possible, not with men, but with God. With this, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible, right? So so God, who's all-powerful, omniscient, he's everywhere present, he's omnipotent, uh, uh, all of that. But in all of that, if you type in the word limited in your Bible search, there's only one verse of Scripture in the entire Bible that has the word limited. I said to you, God has a limited control in the earth. He has a limited control in the earth. This scripture confirms that to the children of God in that day, again and again they tempted God. Again and again they limited God. I wonder if God is limited in our lives. Limited in our city, limited in our state, limited in our country. Meaning he cannot do what he wants to do for us because he's limited in one one another way by us. To know who you're referring to in verse 40, 
He says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. So Psalm 78, 40 and 41 are talking about the children of God, children of Israel. And it tells us clearly that in their generation, they limited God. So now I want you to say it out loud. God has limited control in the earth. Yeah, but doesn't the Bible say that the earth is the Lord's? Somebody finishes this one, and the fullness thereof. Well, let's deal with that since you quote me the Bible. Turn to Psalm 24. I mean, we really got to examine it because on one hand, the Bible says, <coughs> excuse me, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's. <coughs> And all of its fullness, the world, and those who dwell therein. And it actually says it multiple times. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse number 14, it says, Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord, your God. Also, The earth with all that is in it. Hold on, Pastor Stan. Now, wait a minute. We got scripture here. I know you're trying to get us to believe that God has limited control in the earth. But doesn't the Bible say that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? They that dwell therein, that the, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. Yeah, but there's a whole lot more than a thousand hills in the planet. Come on, somebody. So I'm down the gate and God's got about a thousand hills. But I am challenging your thinking in light of the scripture. Yes, the Bible teaches us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. It teaches us that the heaven, the highest heavens belong to the Lord and all the earth belongs to him as well. But then you get this other verse of scripture that you need to rub together. In Psalm 115, stanza 16, it says this, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth, he has given to the children of men. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. Now this is where it starts to be understood. Yeah, the heaven and the heaven belongs to the Lord. Yeah, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. He's the one that created it and set it on his axle and spent it around the sun. Right? But then he did something with it. Psalm 115, stanza 16, mother, gives us the other side of the picture. It is the Lord's, but he gave it to Adam and Adam's descendants. Go with me into Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26. I'm trying to put these pieces together together to help you understand God's not in control. If the earth is the Lord's and he's controlling everything that goes on down here, and then, then you need to you know, make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's because God lets things happen down here according to what he wants or doesn't want. And so, you know, if you're not living right, you know, if you're not doing right, then something bad might happen to you and, you, you know, God saw you. And some people's idea is that God is sitting up on a throne with his fly swatter just waiting for you to mess up again. I'm tired of 
Pow! Come on, somebody. <laughs> that ain't God. He's not just waiting for you to mess up to let something bad happen to you. God doesn't have the devil on a chain like a dog to sick him on you to teach you some lesson. You listen to some Christian and some preaching ideology lead you to believe that that child that was run over or that that family that was left for that, that that situation that was burned down that somehow in the balance of God's sovereignty he reigned over that situation. I hate when I go to funerals and they say that the Lord called this young man home. Are you kidding me? Having lived out half his days. I have no understanding of the Bible. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the heaven, even the heavens. But God did something with the earth. And we got it recorded in the Bible. Can we read it? All right. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over everything that moves on the earth. So when Psalms, Psalm 115, 16, it paints the rest of the picture. Yes, the earth is the Lord's, but he gave it to Adam and Adam's descendants. Adam had, Adam was king of the, y'all remember Leonardo, what is his name? Liam DiCaprio. I'm the king of the world. From the Titanic. Y'all remember that? Y'all leave me way out here. Thank you, brother. Amen. He get up. He's, I'm the king of the world. Well, in reality, Adam had dominion. And that's the definition of kingdom. He had dominion over all the earth. What he said he ruled as a king on this planet until he sold out to Satan. I prove it from Scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 5, it says this, The devil, taking Jesus up to a high mountain, showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said to him, All this authority I will give to you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Can we talk for a minute? What just happened? When Adam sinned, Romans says, whoever you uh, obey, you become their servant. And because Adam obeyed Satan, He became subject to Satan. Satan then became king of the world. 
in that instant of time and has ruled on the planet up to the days of Jesus. When Jesus was born in, in Luke chapter 4, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. We read Luke 4, 43, where he said, for this purpose, I got to keep, I got to preach the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is at hand. Oh, all right, well, we got to get to that. So in Luke chapter 4, he took Jesus, I don't know how he did it, but physically they were at the pinnacle of a high mountain. And in an instant of time, they say people are at near-death experiences, uh, their life will flash before their face. I fell off my bike, I don't know, some time ago, and it was like in slow, it was like in slow motion, you know, and in the instance of time. So I want you to imagine, imagine, somebody say imagine. I want you to imagine Jesus seeing every kingdom of the world in a moment of time, and he showed him all the glory of every kingdom. Now, at that time, they had all kind of kings. You know, I mean, all kind of nations and so forth, little small kings. Um, but there are kingdoms of this world presently. It can be divided by sports and entertainment, education. It can be divided by financial kingdoms. It can be defined by political kingdoms. You know, I, mean, I mean, there's a number of ways that you could define kingdoms, kingdoms, areas that are dominated. Uh, Y'all remember, uh, I can't do it. I, I'm not a real good dancer, but man, Michael Jackson, man, he, he could dance at age 50. I, I messed that up real bad. These are my thicker shoes. I need the ones that slip a little bit. My leg was kind of dragging a little bit. But man, Michael Jackson at 50 could move better than some of y'all. I watched the movie, This Is It. He was talented. The artist formerly known as Prince. I mean, extraordinarily talented. The pop king. There are kingdoms of this world. Listen to what Satan said to Jesus. Back it up. Verse 5, it says this. He said, the devil, take him to the exceedingly high mountain, show him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Then the devil said to him, verse 6, listen. He said, all of this authority, I'll give it to you. You'll be the king of the world. And I'll give you the glory of it, all the wealth and abundance of it. For this, all the kingdoms, all the authority in all the kingdoms have been delivered to me. Who gave the devil that kind of authority? Who would lose such a murderer on this planet? Who would, a, who would give this thief the authority Adam did in his disobedience? Here's a little side note. I don't know who this is for. But when you disobey God, you open the door for the enemy to do in your life what he, what he shouldn't be able to do. He said, all for this has been delivered to me. When was it delivered? It was, it was delivered when Adam said, uh, is it delivered to me? And I give it, watch this, I give it to whomever I wish. 
You want to know why certain entertainers and certain politicians and certain philanthropists and, I mean, Bill Gates. and I mean, you, you want to know why some are where they are? It may not be what you think. It may not be that they just had a lucky break here or there. Somebody behind the scenes moving in the kingdoms of this world. Let me get ready to wrap this up. I know I'm way over time. Y'all getting anything out of this? All right, so let me make it as a statement again. God has limited control in the earth. So the question of the day is where does God dominate? I'm asking you all that. At least we're going to start to ask this question. Well, in Matthew 6 and 10, he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look up at me, class. Uh, (laughs) How many of you all want God's will to be done on earth like it is in heaven? How many of you all think that would be really nice? Okay, Uh, most of us raised our hands. The other of us uh, did not raise our hand. But I believe in your heart you want God's will to be done on earth. Wouldn't that be really cool if earth was like heaven? The day is coming. Earth will be like heaven. And this is why Jesus uh, taught his disciples to pray for this. Because it's not automatic. Not everything that God wants to happen on the earth is happening. There are some things that God doesn't want to happen on earth that is, that is happening. Well, if God is in control, then he could stop it. Well, we know he has the ability to stop it, but he doesn't have the opportunity to stop it because God, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life. It is though he cannot do for humanity Unless somebody asks him. How many of y'all know God wants everybody to be safe? God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. This is where the Jehovah Witnesses get thrown off terribly bad. They don't believe that a good God would send people to a devil's hell. And it just messes their, their, their theology, just messes up their thinking. Folks, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And the Bible teaches it clearly. But do understand, it's not God's will for one human being ever to go to hell. It's not his will. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what that verse of Scripture says? God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Well, if God's will was being done on earth as it is in heaven, then everybody would get saved today, and then we would go into eternity tomorrow. Right? Because he wants everybody. Every Muslim, every Buddhist, come on, every agnostic, Every atheist, he wants every human being on the planet not to perish, but all to come to repentance. But he gave man a free will. And you can go in whatever direction you want to go. And if you make God Lord, then he'll be Lord. But by default, if you make Satan Lord, then he'll be Lord. And you'll go with them in the end. Does God dominate in heaven? Absolutely he does. The kingdom of God is the area where God dominates. Notice the prayer. 
and how both relate to earth in comparison to heaven. Does what he wants to happen in heaven happen in heaven? Absolutely. Does God dominate in the earth? No. Not in every area. Some areas he does. I know he dominates in my house. When he tells me how I should talk or not to talk to my wife, I let him dominate. I don't let the devil dominate in my house and how we raise our children. In my house, God dominates. I have authority in my house. Now on my block, oh, come on, somebody. Does what God wants to happen in the earth happen in earth? Not in every area. Are you starting to see this? I feel like y'all unplugged a little bit. So let me close with this. I submit to you that there are areas where God dominates in the earth. The kingdom of God has come. My challenge to you is to find out where God dominates and make sure you stay in that area. Because outside of that area, you're on your own. If God is not at the astral world or the club, then you might not want to be at astral world or at the club. That's an interesting thought. I close with Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I say unto you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat and what you'll drink, what for your body, what you'll put on. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? Verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Um, You know, this new variant could cause some people to worry. Maybe attendance is affected by that. Maybe people are still trying to wait till all of this kind of really settles down. But I'm here to tell you what Jesus said. Don't worry about your life. Take no thought for your life. How are you going to live? What are you going to eat? What are you going to pay? How how are you going to do? Take no thought for your life. You don't have to worry about your life. But what you should do is seek first the kingdom of God. Look out where does God dominate. And be there. And all of what you need will be added unto you. You all get anything out of the word of God today? Stand up on your feet. I had to take my time because of the depth of belief that we have to undo in the hearts and minds of so many. God has limited control in the earth. If you're here today and you have not given Jesus Christ your life to be your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you and for you. I'm going to be here at the altar for a moment. For those of you that are online, I want you to pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart. God will save you right where you stand. Congregation, help those that are online to pray this way. Say, God in heaven, I thank you for your word today. I do believe that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. He died for me, bared my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe he's alive. Come into my heart, save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all my sins and I accept your offer of forgiveness. Thank you, Father, for saving me. According to your word, I'm born again. Heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for